Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. All Scripture is profitable for teaching and reproof. But let's face it, God gave us a lot of Scripture. 66 books and more than 600,000 words, and it can sometimes be a little overwhelming to read. That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, to help you navigate your way through the highways and byways of God's Word and see how it all fits together so brilliantly, how every path, every passage, and every page points to Jesus, who is the Christ. The book comes in two volumes. Volume one covers the 39 books of the Old Testament, while volume two takes you through each of the 27 New Testament books. Both are now available to order, and I'd love to send them to you today. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 digital library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, there are so many good books published every year. Why should someone buy The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible? And who did you have in mind when you wrote these literary travel guides through the Old and New Testaments? You know, Brian, your questions make me think of the words of wise Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 12. Of the making of many books, he writes, there is no end. And oh, how true that is. For what it's worth, as a Bible teaching pastor for more than 30 years, the ultimate road trip through the Bible is my way of helping people understand the overall story of Scripture and how all 66 books of the Bible fit together into a unified work of the Holy Spirit. I wrote with all kinds of people in mind, starting with the serious Bible student, even those who teach the Bible. I'm thinking of pastors, Sunday school teachers, and small group Bible study leaders who might use these two volumes in their preparation. But I also wrote for the person who is just getting acquainted with the Bible, which we all know is the best-selling book of all time. Brian, you can read The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible from beginning to end like any other book, or place it in your Bible study toolbox. I know that if you're a lifelong learner of God's Word as I am, you will return to The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible repeatedly. As companions to your personal Bible study, these books will always help you see the big picture before you dive into the details of any book of the Bible. That's why I'll be ordering my own copy, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. And you can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456.
Did you know that 20% of the book of Proverbs is devoted to the human tongue? That's how seriously God takes the words we say. They have the power to heal or to harm, to comfort or to kill. Today on Something Good, Dr. Ron Jones shares a few words about our words as he continues his teaching series, Wise Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life. Stay with us here or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, check out Something Good Television, Something Good Courses, Something Good Travel, and the new Something Good Digital Library, where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. Here's Ron with today's message, Speaking Words of Wisdom. Well, this presidential election cycle is a whopper, isn't it? And it will probably go down as uh, one of the most verbally nuclear election cycles in our time. I mean, the words that are going back and forth from these uh, presidential candidates are, are uh, quite heated at times. And uh, we shouldn't be surprised. It isn't uh, very often into an election cycle that one candidate or another uh, says something or a moment happens when a verbal missile comes out of their mouth and they got to walk it back or walk it forward or whatever politicians do these days. Uh, it isn't just this election cycle. If you go back even to the 1968 election cycle, the one that put Richard Nixon into the White House, he had a vice presidential candidate named Spiro Agnew. Remember Spiro Agnew? From Maryland, I believe he was. And he was known for his sharp tongue. In fact, one time Spiro Agnew called those TV anchors nattering nabobs of negativism. How dare he say such a thing? What heated rhetoric it was. That's very mild compared to today's rhetoric, right? Well, we're finishing up our study of the book of Proverbs, and we've come to a subject that I, I think is so important for us to address, and that is the tongue. Speaking words of wisdom. It's something... Uh, every one of us does every day. We, we use this thing called our, our lips and our tongue and our mouth, speech and words. And I don't know, somebody has counted up the number of words that men and women speak. I mean, it, it just goes into the tens of thousands every day. And the Bible, friends, has a lot to say. It has a lot to say about what we say and how we say it. In fact, I'm always reminded of, uh, I think it comes from the book of Psalms, another book of wisdom in the Old Testament. Uh, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. I I pray that just about every day and certainly before I get up to uh, stand and and deliver a message like this. I, I want what comes out of my mouth to honor the Lord and to please Him and even the deep meditations of my heart from which my words come, the Scripture says. But the Bible has a lot to say. A lot to say about what we say and how we say it, and certainly the book of Proverbs does. In fact, I added up, did a little math this week. There are approximately 915 verses in 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and approximately 180 of those verses have to do with our lips, our speech, our words, what comes out of our mouth. If you do the math there, that's approximately 20% of the editorial content in the book of Proverbs addresses this subject. So we can't leave this study, wise sayings, guidance for everyday life, with a little bit of, without a little bit of guidance on the use of our tongue. And that's what we want to do this morning. Before we get to Proverbs, though, we need to understand Jesus took aim at our words. 
And he did so when he took aim at the Pharisees one day. You know, he, he had a kind of a love-hate relationship with the Pharisees. He was often in a, in a tangle with the uh, politically religious of his day. And one time, Jesus used some heated rhetoric. He called those Pharisees a brood of vipers. How dare he use words like that? You can, you can imagine the uh, religious and media elite in Jerusalem just getting wrapped around their ankles about such words. And yet it was Jesus who created those creatures called snakes, and he has every right as the creator to look at the Pharisees and say, you're just like them. And he was spot on. His words were holy, his words were true, his words were right. And following that exchange with the Pharisees, he said these words to them and words that, boy, we 2,000 years later need to consider. Matthew 12, verses 36 and 37, Jesus says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. I wish he didn't say that. I wish he didn't say that because I've been known to let a careless word fly from my mouth. And unlike the politicians in Washington who are always walking back their words, Jesus says you really can never walk them back because God's keeping a record of every word we speak, even the words that we speak to ourselves. You talk to yourself from time to time. You know, in the days of cell phones, it's, it, it's perfectly appropriate now to talk to yourself in the car. You, you just act like you're on the phone, right? But, but even those words, even those words that we say, every word is recorded, every word we will give an account someday before God. Makes you want to Listen more and speak less, doesn't it? Uh, it's a pretty sobering thought. There are several things that I observe as I read through the book of Proverbs and pay attention to words and, and verses related to our words and, and our speech. Uh, we're going to look at a lot of Scripture today from Proverbs, and you're not going to be able to turn to every one of them. They're in your notes for further study and further meditation. They're going to be on the screen, but this is going to be a little bit rapid fire with some commentary in between. If nothing else, uh, get rid of my words this morning and just listen to the words of Scripture with regard to this very important subject. Open up your heart and your mind enough to let the Holy Spirit convict you where you need conviction and to encourage you where you need some encouragement this morning. But the first thing I, I would suggest to us is that our speech, our speech is a matter of life and death. It really is. In fact, Proverbs 18 and verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Can you imagine something that probably doesn't weigh but an ounce or two, that little pound of flesh or two, located in your mouth, is powerful. It has the power of life or death. Somebody once added up uh, the number of words in Adolf Hitler's book, Mein Kampf, and said that for every word, 125 people died in World War II. That's the power of life and death in words. That's why James describes the Bible in the, or the tongue in the New Testament as a destroying fire, uh, a dangerous beast, and a deadly poison. Uh, you ever heard of gossip columnists who write with a poison pen? It's a dangerous thing if you use words incorrectly or inappropriately. Both the wise and the foolish, Proverbs tell us, use their tongue 
For matters of life and death, Proverbs 15 and verse 2 says, The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of fools pours out folly. This is a serious matter, friends, this use of our tongue, because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Secondly, I observe as I, as I read the book of Proverbs that some people talk too much. <laughs> you ever met a chatterbox? Are you married to a motor mouth? I remember when I was growing up, my older brother, the nickname he received from my parents was Motormouth. I won't tell you the nickname they gave me, but uh, he was called Motormouth, and maybe that's why he became an attorney one day. I probably just offended all the attorneys, but he's a pretty good Motormouth. Uh, maybe you're the kind of person that always feels like you have to have the last word in a conversation. You ever meet somebody like that? They're always one-upping you. You know, you, you, they, they have to get the last word in. They talk too much. Well, here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs 10 and verse 19, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. In other words, the more we talk, the more opportunity we have to sin, to offend people, to offend God. And that's not a good thing. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 18, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Are you somebody that has a sharp tongue? And when a sharp tongue and, and a tongue that talks too much meet, boy, that's a, that's a dangerous, dangerous mixture there. Up next, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones. He is the lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And if you're listening to Something Good Radio for the first time, we'd like to send you a free chapter of Ron's most popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife. Consider it our way of saying, thanks for being part of our radio listening family. Just stop by our website, somethinggoodradio.org, click the I'm New icon right at the top of the homepage, and that'll get you there. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, share your prayer request with us by using the Explore feature at the top of the homepage, where you'll find the How Can We Pray For You option. Our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer, so contact us anytime. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to Him, and three of them involve the human tongue. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Speaking Words of Wisdom. Proverbs 13 and verse 3, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Proverbs 29 and verse 20, do you see a man who is hasty in his words? Not just somebody who talks too much, the chatterbox, the motor mouth, but somebody who, who talks too quickly. They're, they're too quick to get a word in. They not only want the last word, they want the first word and the middle word and the last word. They're just, they're talking too quickly and they're talking too much. That's why James tells us in James chapter 1 and verse 26, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion, say it with me, is worthless. And James has the audacity under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to call our, our faith worthless if we don't control this thing called the tongue. 
And that's why earlier he says, be, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Somebody once observed God gave us two ears and one mouth. Maybe we should listen twice as much as we talk. That's a good piece of advice for those who talk too much. Here's something else that I observe when I read through the book of Proverbs and make note of those passages or those verses that talk about the tongue. We can use our tongues in a positive way. We can use it in a negative way. We can use it to tear people down. We can use it to lift people up. Let's talk about the negative use of our tongues first, and then we'll finish on the positive side because the negative side can be, well, slightly convicting. I can go through the book of Proverbs and elsewhere in the Bible and come up with at least, at least seven deadly sins of the tongue. I've listed them for you on the back of your notes there, seven and perhaps a little bit more. Lying, gossip, cursing, sarcasm, blasphemy, innuendo, flattery, insults, slander, criticism. How about sowing discord, boasting? These are all negative, negative uses of our tongue, and we can use our tongue in these ways to tear people down. You know what I've noticed about people who use their tongue to tear people down? They have very poor self-esteems. And the only way they can feel good about themselves is to tear somebody else down. If that describes you, ask God to do a work from the inside out, not only in your self-esteem, that you see yourself as, as, uh, as in Christ and all that that means, but then That's a reflection of how you speak as well. I don't have time to address all of the negative uses of the tongue, but I will address uh, two or three of them, starting in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 19. Listen to these words. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness that breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Now, I notice that of the six things the Lord hates, and anytime you see that that formula in Proverbs or elsewhere, pay attention to it. Here are six things the Lord hates. Hates, that's a strong word. Three of them relate to the misuse of the tongue. Two of them refer to lying. So let's just talk about lying. Are you, are you a truth teller or do you tell little white lies? Uh, do you know how to speak the truth in love? That's, that's the standard scripture gives to us. Not to tell a little white lie because, well, you know, we don't want to hurt somebody's feeling. Uh, if, if we really monitored our mouths, in, in a way that was, was truthful? Are, are we really speaking, speaking the truth? Proverbs 12.22 says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. That's because the Bible says God cannot lie. He, he, he can't do it. It's, it's completely against his nature to even tell a little white lie. God will always, always, always tell us the truth. And for that reason, because it's so much a part of his nature not to lie, and he cannot lie, he despises lying lips. Two of the Ten Commandments relate to our lips. One about lying, thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. And the other one has to do with using our lips in a way that discredits God's name. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. 
Uh, What does it mean to do that? Well, to use God's name frivolously, like dropping an OMG into the conversation. Oh my, (laughs) when I hear Christians do that, it's just like nails on a chalkboard to me. The world does that. But Christians should never use God's name in a frivolous way, let alone in a way that's profane to use his name to curse something. That's taking God's name in vain. And both that and lying are in the top 10 commandments. 20% of the top 10 commandments relate to the use of our tongue. How interesting is that? So lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. If that isn't convicting enough, let's go on to another one of the seven or more deadly sins of the tongue. Uh, This one is called sowing discord. There there are six things that the Lord hates. Uh, One of them is one who sows discord among brothers. In other words, somebody who uses his his or her tongue to divide people, to cause divisions within the body of Christ. You know, politicians today raise themselves to a pretty high standard. They say a leader should always be uh, somebody who unites people, doesn't divide people. And then they use their tongues to divide Americans, pitting this group against that group for their own personal and political gain. Tired of that in politics. But when that kind of politics gets inside the church, (laughs) and people use their tongues to cause divisions, to sow discord... It's a a terrible thing. And as I read through the New Testament, I find there are two, at least two strategies or schemes the devil uses to bring down a church. One is false doctrine, and the other is sowing discord, divisions. Every one of Paul's New Testament letters, he addresses false doctrine, and he addresses divisions taking place within the church. Read, Read, for example, the letter to the Corinthians. What a divisive church it was. They were divided over who their leaders were. Some were of Paul, some were of Apollos, some were of Peter. And they were divided into camps. And Paul says, listen, that's that's a hogwash. These things ought not to be so. Thanks so much for being here today for Dr. Ron Jones' message, Speaking Words of Wisdom. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed something good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to something good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 8.28, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. Remember, when you partner with us, we'll send you a free copy of Ron Jones' full-length book, Mysteries of the Afterlife. 
exploring its amazing secrets. To join the 828 Club, please visit our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org, and use the Partners tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org, or call 757-276-1099. Now, it's the faithful wounds of a friend that bring life to us, right? And every one of us needs somebody like that in our life. If you have shut down the kind of conversation to where you, people can never give you constructive criticism, you're in a dangerous place. That should start with your spouse, who knows you best, who loves you best, who, who loves you unconditionally. But, but if you have the kind of relationship where as, as, as soon as a little bit of constructive, boy, you shut that down, again, dangerous place. Dangerous place for leaders to, to never be able to receive constructive criticism. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones shares part two of his message, Speaking Words of Wisdom. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.